Let's see who's here. Ba 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 Billy boy. Richie, you still here? We never expected you to stick around. Nice nose job. No one would ever suspect. Hey, Stock. Putting on a little weight, huh? Speaking of dads, Bevy, yours isn't worried about you anymore. He loves your choice in men. Wheezy, how's your sex life? What's your sex life? Well, Mikey, you did it. You got us all back here. I guess it's because it's the only way you'd ever see us. Since you're so lame, you'd never leave this town. I finally made it, guys. I'm in the deadlights now. And you know what? It's true what they say. We all float down here. And you will, too. In fact, they all float. They all float. They Psycho killer? Can I be the helpless victim? Okay, let's see. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Look at me, Damien! It's all for you! I am the eater of wood. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode 72, Stephen King's It, part two. All right. Uh, Never would have thought... That I would have liked the uh, Mothman Prophecies episode more than an It episode, but all right, yeah, just here we are. We know that part one was not our best. Oh, I, I mean, I blame myself, which I'm sure you do as well. But <laughs> no, yeah, I blame you. <laughs> we got a little lost in the weeds, I think. A little I, bit. I, with I think that like one. people are just like, yeah, we get it. Zach reads and Matt's an idiot. <laughs> That's the two roles that have kind of been established on the show but i would say in a weird way our inability to harness the material in part one just speaks to the enormity of the subject matter in other words it is so epic and there's so much that we just couldn't quite figure out how to well it's i mean you point out right away it's certainly uh passionate topic for you and i mean i'm sitting there editing it for the first 20 minutes i'm like was i even sitting in the chair while we were recording it's like where was i but i was thinking the same thing while we were recording i understand it. but i'm just saying in my defense it was hard to even get a word in edgewise you were really on a roll there there's a lot to get to yeah um so anyway we're gonna ratchet it up for this one yeah the uh Greatest October in the history of forever rolls on regardless of how shitty the episodes are. Yeah. <laughs> now, I will say part one uh, probably were a little bit more interested in the content of than part two of the miniseries, right? My yeah. favorite part's the first half. Yeah, there are some good parts in the second half, but overall, the first half is much stronger because the emphasis is much more on the kids. Right. And, you know, I, I kind of feel this way about the novel, not that I'm going to bring it up all the time, but 
And I kind of did you read that? And I kind of feel that way about you know the were there pro- certain parts more fleshed out in the book? <laughs> I feel like the prospects of a second movie now with the current you know iteration of the characters is also yeah. kind of a risky proposition because you know and it, it it's just the product of the story a lot of the things in the story are more geared towards childhood fears and things that you would be scared of as a kid and so it's kind of when you juxtapose that with like adult actors as we see a lot throughout part 2 of the miniseries it kind of highlights you know a little bit of the cheesiness yeah I do think, though, obviously, with the new version, they're going to ramp up the effects and and try to make it seem more terrifying. But in the context of the original miniseries with its, you know, censored for TV style and smaller budget and everything, it, it, it kind of comes across as a little lame sometimes. <laughs> so you think, like, in the new uh, It sequel with the adult characters... Do you think uh, there'll be bigger stars than the adult characters of the TV series? I mean, I know John Ritter was a big guy. I would say no. Why Why would they need to cast anybody that's going to cost money? I would agree. I mean, it's going to make money either way. Because we, uh, I was actually... And it w- I feel like it's almost distracting if it's like too big of a known cast. Yeah, um, I think uh, I was texting with one of our listeners about this and oh uh, i can't taking over my job i can't remember who he suggested for or who who he was saying was like rumored for (laughs) oh i think he said amy adams for beverly and i was like yeah that would be great but a she might be a little too old and even if she isn't why would you think amy adams right now looks older than the bev (laughs) in the tv series no i don't but I don't know what they're going for with this, with this sequel. I, I really don't know what to make of you know some of the changes the person they've made that so far. Was texting you was like, you know, it's too bad Paul Walker's dead. <laughs> he would have been great. He would have been a great Ben. <laughs> I used to be F A T. Well, I think somebody. I think some of the like. I think it's just the cast of Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I think during the press run for this new version, they had the uh, kids say like their dream person to play them in the other one and i think the kid that played ben picked chris pratt uh (laughs) so it's like i mean i don't think they'll be paying his quote yeah it's it's all well and good and i know people have like thrown out different names and all these dream people to be in it and you know danny mcbride as ben or something but it's like (laughs) I just maybe I I could see them going for maybe like one or two name people that you recognize and then maybe like two or three other people that like nerds like us would recognize like character actor and then the rest being unknown. But like they're not going to get six or seven monster stars to be in this. There's no reason to use that budget on that because it's going to make money. I mean, this this first one doesn't have anyone you would know in it and it's you know, the biggest movie of the year almost. So, I mean, I don't know why they would feel the need to... uh, Yeah, there's no reason. So... Let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, the second half of the miniseries stinks. (laughs) So... (laughs) Well, you know, okay, so the adults all pretty much show up in Derry 
They kind of have back in town. They don't really know how to act like adults when they see each other. You would think it's like, hey, man, remember when we were friends, when we were kids and we had this bonding moment after we killed this weird alien monster clown thing? That was crazy. And it's good to see. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well. But no, they like get these like giddy smiles on their face. It's very I, uncomfortable for me. I don't like it. Yeah, well, I, I I would maybe argue that part of it is that they don't remember. That's true, and they're it's all kind of rushing back in a very kind of odd way. Yeah, I mean, I can't defend the dialogue that's given to these adult actors. Oh, it's and horrible. And I can't defend, you know, s- certain acting choices that are made throughout <laughs> it, and just some of the behavior of some of them is so bizarre at times. It's too. Uh, grown adult men getting on a bike together and riding around in a field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of strange. Um, Quite a sight. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I think, you know, we can pretty much sum it up by saying they all kind of reunite at a Chinese food restaurant and then split up a little bit and have their own, like, well, summer, I guess summer before the reunion, the way they do it in the miniseries is kind of jumbled where you're kind of like they're alone sometimes having their own experiences with Pennywise. People are kind of me- yeah, meeting each other in like one-off scenarios. And then, um, you know, e- each of them kind of gets their memories back and has their own, you know, horrifying experience. Although they do, I think, trim out some of the characters. I mean, should we explain, I don't, that... For some reason, after they leave town, they kind of forget about all this stuff. I think, did we cover that in the first one? I don't know. With the phone calls and everything? Oh, I guess maybe you did touch on it. I don't I don't really remember. But yeah, it is part of it anyway. That Yeah, the only the, one who really remembers is Mike, who yeah. had to stay behind. And he's like kind of poor, and the rest of them have all become <laughs> I'm like the characters from wealthy. this movie. If I'm away from the pod for too long, I'd, <laughs> I can't remember anything. Yeah, I know. As the lead up to this episode, you couldn't even remember what we did before it. The last <laughs> episode before this. <laughs> No, you were like, I was like, what are we getting ready to record? And you were like, it part two. I was like, oh, what was the last one we did? <laughs> <laughs> so, and then they all kind of end up at the bougie Chinese restaurant. No, we're after that. And now, then they kind of all go back to, they. well, they go to the library for some reason. And then they get ghosted out of there. And then they go to the hotel. And this is all kind of like building up towards them re-entering the sewers to confront Pennywise again. It doesn't feel like that much happens after Stan dies, after Stan kills himself. Like, when I just think about us watching this, I'm always like, okay, well, there's not that much left to happen, but it eats up a lot of screen time. Well, like I said, they you kind of get, like, each of them having their own, like, individual... right interaction with Pennywise. And, and they t- do work a time. lot of uh, flashbacks to the kids still during this part. Yeah, there's still some flashbacks peppered through it, but not anything like long and no, continuous no. Yeah. Like, in the first half. Because the first half pretty much closes with the kids defeating Pennywise the first time yeah. and then right into Stan Suicide. And then the second half is kind of more, you know, focused on the adults and they're pretty terrible for the most part <laughs> yeah. i mean um harry anderson as richie tozier is on 
just super annoying. Yeah. I mean, in a way that I mean, I get that the character is kind of annoying, but just His unlikably annoying. Just so unfunny. I mean, it's like, did they make a character of me and put him in a movie? <laughs> so I would say that, like, okay, the big thing at the that kind of is at the center of part two for me is like who's gonna fuck bev (laughs) because well there's you know the couple of players from the beginning the mystery that was never solved was who wrote this awful poem like we know but bev doesn't know but she's got some suspicions that it was bill not ben yeah and it's kind of muddy in the miniseries as to whether or not she once knew and forgot or oh that's they don't really address it directly um, in the remake, of course, she does know by the end. That's right. In the 2017. That's true. Version. Yeah, and I didn't we're, think we're going to give like a, I would say we're going to give a more detailed okay. review of well, the Well, while new we're one. on the topic, though, related to this, in the remake, they do introduce this idea that her and Bill had like a little romantic connection from years ago when they were in a play together. It was very like Bug Juice-esque story. Was that <laughs> yeah. from the book? No. Oh, okay. No. So that was just kind of building on the whole tension there. Ben was like, great. They already have this whole history. They've <laughs> kissed in the play that they were in. I'm well, let's never going to get in. Let's just put all the cards out on the table. The, the Ben in the 2017 version is truly obese. Right. And really has no chance. Yeah. Whereas in the miniseries, he's just kind of stout, and you're like, well, right. I mean, he's yeah. not like a mess. He can hide that under a hoodie. <laughs> Which he does. Yeah. Um, if anything, it's more embarrassing that he's wearing those jeans with the patches on them. <laughs> it was the style. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, coming into 1990 now, there is some residual lingering feelings Some hangover yeah. of like a potential love triangle between ben beverly and uh it's uh it was fucking up for a second but it stopped how long did you set this for an hour and 45 minutes okay so you know beverly is kind of in love with bill because he's like the de facto leader of their little losers club yeah and ben is of course carrying this secret torch for beverly which ben not a leader no which i mean in He's all honesty, slow. is kind of not that secret by the end of the events of 1958 or, I guess, 1960 in the miniseries. Like, okay. He's kind of more, you know, I think I think everybody in the group kind of senses that Ben is kind of loses his shit anytime Bev is involved in yeah. anything. <laughs> Can't but, keep his cool. I mean, there had to be some issues with just... This amount of dudes hanging out with the one female. You know what I mean? There's always going to be some things that arise from that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a miracle that only two of them were in the mix. Well, maybe like a couple of them were just like, I'm just going to take myself off the list because I don't really feel... I mean, Ben is like a blubbering mess, <laughs> just a mope. Well, and they were also, but they were also at the age where, like, and it's like Bill's brother died. <laughs> if he likes her, you know, that's kind of like bad form to try and get involved. <laughs> but Bill never really is like overtly going for it either. 
No. He doesn't ever... It's not like he's making a move. No, that's... I think it's more so in the new one, in the 2017, where it's kind of... He's kind of like... They even show him like like drawing her. Remember that? He's like laying in bed and there's like a drawing of her that he's made. That's a strange move. (laughs) She comes over and finds it. I think that would blow your chances. Yeah, he's like draw- sketching her nude. <laughs> She's like, what is this? Yeah. Those are private. Um, so. She's like, I thought Ben was pathetic with his poetry. <laughs> it's like, why are these drawings sticky? Oh, no. <laughs> so it's all complicated, of course, because Bill is now married. So right. you Although, would assume that Ben is thinking like, well, I'm in the clear now. I can. Speaking of Bill being for all these people being forgetful, <laughs> Bill doesn't even you know think of Audra as soon as he's back in town. I mean, not to mention well until, until Audra shows up and then he's just a fucking oh, f- idiot, yeah, <laughs> pathetic. Uh, Bev also in a committed relationship. <laughs> yeah, right? her relationship going real well. Yeah. Well, in all fairness to Bev, I think she declares to Tom that it's over. You know, oh, that's after true. he was yeah wrapping back on the market belt around one of his yeah. hands so that it wouldn't fall out when he was beating the shit out of her Although she, she can uh take a little time to be single find herself no she's gotta like jump right back in loves the attention from the group <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean once it all spills from the library back to this like hotel room which they seem to be just in a downstairs public common area of a hotel some of the sets in general for the second half of this movie yeah like this bizarre hotel that i don't know it kind of looks like a weird ski lodge or something and then that hospital that they go to oh yeah with the steps at yeah, the front entrance like which cement makes no steps sense. that go up to like the second floor that they're using as like the main entrance <laughs> Derry somehow didn't get the memo definitely need to be handicap accessible <laughs> out of all yeah. places and yeah and then you know once we see the um uh asylum that henry bowers is in and it seems oh, like yeah. ev- all of the uh what is patients there, there are sleeping in a hallway yeah it just it cut there's like an exterior of a mental hospital and then it cuts to the inside and Henry Bauer Bowers and several other mental patients are just sleeping on these kind of roller cot things in the hallway. Yeah. They don't they have don't their seem own to have room. a private room or anything, which I mean the bathroom. They're just free to get up too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I understand that we wanna give some freedom to our psychopaths but i mean should they just be able to roam free it's like the beginning of halloween one (laughs) so yeah one of the parts that jumps out for me in the second half is bev's return to her childhood house and this is all kind of confusing and weird because it's like it's almost it's it's like she doesn't which I mean I guess makes sense considering how terrible her father was but it's like she doesn't know whether or not her father's still alive or what happened to him yeah yeah she thinks like well maybe he still lives here kind right. of thing so she shows up and of course she kind of gets tricked into thinking that he's still there and then rings the bell and then it turns out it's this old woman named Mrs. Kirsch and she goes in and it turns out to not 
really be an old woman. It's this. I will say that that part is legitimately creepy to me because it does start off seeming like, oh, this is just an old lady. And then it kind of starts to change when like you get a look at her teeth and it's just not a great look. Yeah, it's it's a pretty effective scene. And then, uh, you know, eventually, like, everything, like, the whole mirage of this nice little apartment that had, you know, been transformed from when Beverly had grown up there, it all kind of starts to fall away, and then the the mask of Pennywise kind of comes off, but instead of, you know, turning directly into the clown, it turns into, like, this zombified version of her own father. Oh, yeah. Saying all of the same weird vaguely sexual right. things that he would say to her yeah uh she's like if you're trying to scare me pennywise this is the type of talk that i'm into <laughs> and yeah i mean i would say for me that one of the bizarre things that made its way into the new version of the film and it's only bizarre in a certain context is kind of the over sexualization of the girl that plays Beverly who's like only 15 or something like that and they left in a little bit of the stuff with the dad although that's like slightly toned down from the novel because I mean it definitely seemed like this 2017 version of it was like an R-rated movie made for children where they could say fuck yeah but they didn't want it to be like actually disturbing. Right. <laughs> like yeah. they left out things that were like, you know, potentially, you know, triggering for people, I guess, or yeah. whatever. It's a kind of a pussified version of the book. And yeah, but I mean, the reason why it, it's, it jumps out at me. Were you ever going to get a straight up adaptation no. <laughs> of the book? No, and we'll get into some of that <laughs> in a bit. But um, the reason it jumps out to me is only because. They seem to dull some of the edges when it came to the racism, anti-Semitism, things of that nature. It's a hard time for some of that stuff. Right. But I mean, I feel like when you're making art, you should be able to confront these ideas head on. And they just didn't seem like they wanted to address a lot of like the, the hatred at the center. Well, I'm sure the studio is like, that is not the attention that we want right now. Let's just make this make money. Okay, but the one thing that they do leave in is that, like, Bev is potentially sexually molested by her father, kind of. Well, that's not that (laughs) (laughs) off-putting. And so, I don't know, it just struck me as weird. I mean, in the actual novel itself, I mean, that stuff is pretty apparent and pretty on the note like pretty brutal and in your face oh, I'm sure yeah but like i don't know it just i felt like this the the 2017 version was kind of lacking some of the punch that it needed in certain areas and i'm not talking about the underage gangbang i didn't think from that you were yeah. and i'm <laughs> i'm just saying like i will say uh i was trying to if sh- henry bowers is an evil piece of shit. Make him an evil piece of shit. Like, don't... We did murder his father. Yeah, but his father was terrible. That's his true. father... You don't even yeah. care that he kills his father. It's like, all right, well, great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I had some complaints myself. But. So, I, I, it just... 
I, I'm just bringing this up in the context that like they managed to leave in the Bev stuff, but they took out a lot of the right other characters struggles that made them part of the losers club they kind of dumbed it down i mean they kept in a little bit of the stuff with ben's weight but you know fat people are always a target i know <laughs> that's always a safe target to go after it's safe it's rough um yeah the fact that eddie is gay isn't really explored <laughs> well it's not explored in any version of oh, it it's just right. kind of a you kind of have to maybe do a Our little version. bit of deductive reasoning to right. come to that conclusion that it, although I, w- I will say in the new version he's a little bit gayer than any well, other version yeah i loved him in this new one yeah he was funny i thought it was funny yeah i mean i can't really complain about any of the the kids yeah the kids the actors are all good right and i did like yeah and it was fun it was kind of reminded me of like super eight and stranger things with the kids but it was like an r version of that where the kids are like swearing and smoking yeah and i mean it's kind of ironic or whatever however you want to say that it's like there are probably people out there who see who are seeing this movie who kind of think that it is ripping off stranger things oh, yeah. when it's like really stranger things is ripping off it and a and, bunch of other well, things yeah, and a million other things and it's been around, you know, since the the novel since, you know, 85 Yeah, or that is weird that there are, yeah, there's probably a good amount of people. Because it's just that. the timing and the way that they did it this time, too, is a more Stranger Things version right. of the yeah. story. Especially it's since, like 80s. Yeah, and they don't spend any time on the adult characters because they're yeah. not in it. So, I mean, it's it's like, it seems more, I don't know, geared towards that model. Yeah. That, that Stranger Things is kind of made hot right now. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's successful, though. So, I mean, you can't really knock it, I guess, for what it's... No. I mean, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so, back to 1990. Yeah, I mean, Ben is, like, obviously still carrying a torch. I mean, there's a lot of, like, touching. And he's... At one point, he's telling a story of how he got thin because, obviously, John Ritter now oh, is playing Oh, just full ben. on giving Bev a back massage... <laughs> It's so bizarre. Just rubbing he's just her sitting on yeah. the top of a couch, and she's sitting like on the couch, and he's just rubbing her shoulder. Meanwhile, as soon as she saw Bill, while Ben was still in the room, she just walks up and like kisses him on the mouth. You know. Now there's some of that going on with the other dudes, but the kiss for Bill seemed especially passionate. Now. W- is it okay if I bring up something directly from the book right now? Yeah, you can do what you want. It's your show. <laughs> there was no resentment in that. <laughs> I just pushed the buttons. Well, this is something that we talked about while we were watching it, which is that despite the fact that Bill is married, he ends up having sex with Beverly the night before they go back down. Yeah, way to hold out, Bev. <laughs> Although she needed to get that like revenge out of her you know i mean did you ever think that maybe her father was right <laughs> maybe she was a slut <laughs> i don't know i mean she's not making a great case for herself <laughs> well you well yeah i mean especially in the book i guess not so much in the miniseries where it's kind of a sexless oh ben poor ben it's just <laughs> Well, he ends up with her at the end. I know, but he's like, you gave it up to Bill on the first night. We're all back together. 
<laughs> well, now you're just confusing which version we're talking about. Because that's, that's only in the book. Let's all right. All right in the yeah. miniseries, See, the- ben, she's pure as a the driven snow for Ben. <laughs> <laughs> God, we sound like awful cavemen. She's allowed to have sex with whoever she wants. We're just having fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Bev. Yeah. Jesus. So like <laughs> It's just like a real graphic sex scene with Bill. <laughs> and like Ben is in the, the She's like telling Ben about it. No, like Ben is in the room next door. Oh yeah, you can hear it through the wall. You can hear it. She's like She's I'm just having a time. <laughs> He's just like a, she's a, she's coming again, again. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, they're still doing. What this. is Bill a machine? <laughs> she's like, oh, Bill, I've never squirted before. Oh no, <laughs> Ben is just literally Ben just getting that rope ready to <laughs> hang himself. Carves Ben was here into the ceiling. No, he, he slits his wrist like Stan oh, yeah. instead of writing it on the wall in the bathroom. He just writes slut. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God damn it. He's trying to write fuck you, Bill, but bleeds out before he can finish. <laughs> so, yeah, in the miniseries, Ben is not directly cucked by Bill, but. Um, <laughs> well, not on screen. It's just kind of a weird... Di- I mean, as you said, I mean, it's a weird dynamic, I think. They're at- in that hotel, and it's, like, by the sea where there's, like, little holes in the wall, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a reference everyone will get. <laughs> well, go see By the Sea. Watch it. You should get it. So, yeah, I mean... 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. At any age, it's a weird dynamic when there's... When they're kids, there's six guys and yeah. one girl and mm-hmm. now as adults there's five guys and one girl and they're all single basically in that moment because even though bill is married you know they didn't bring wives husbands girlfriends right. boyfriends it's just like we're independent people and it's just they're all hanging around together and drinking you know, heavily heavily drinking they're kind of all scared and on edge because of their encounters with pennywise and the memories tensions are high about. Yeah, and it's stirring up old feelings from when they were kids because, I mean, you never truly get over your first yeah. love, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you would think like a Richie or, I don't know, Mike seems just like asexual. I don't know what's going on with Mike. <laughs> um, but you would think like a Richie or one of the other fringe players would be like... Eddie. There's Eddie. no one else. <laughs> <laughs> We've went through everyone. Why are we just sitting around here like... All operating under this assumption that it's Bill or Ben. I want to throw my name in the hat. How about that? How about why not, Richie? I'm a successful uh, TV comedian person. Yeah. Which the (laughs) movie that they show that he's filming. What is that? That's like the movie equivalent of this podcast. It's just two assholes who don't know what the fuck is going (laughs) on. Hitting each other in the face. So, yeah, I mean, is there I mean, is there anything else to say? Is there anything else to say before we get to like the final final show? Wow. I don't really rolled through this content pretty quickly. We still got to talk about the remake and 
there's a couple of passages from the novel that we're going to read. But Well, we should... One, I guess, scene that should be addressed, the big action sequence where Henry Bowers has been recruited by it and he shows up at the uh, hotel... Um, yeah, dropping end bombs all <laughs> over the place, which is a, which is a action. word they would not even get near in the 2017 version. Yeah, <laughs> and Mike is just like you know casually strolling into his hotel room and is attacked at knife point by this elderly man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy that they got to play the older version of Henry Bowers. <laughs> <laughs> he looks, looks so like a 75 year old woman. Yeah. Uh, which Mike gets stabbed, but he's able to handle this decrepit old person pretty easily. Well, it seems like that the intervening years... It's like, it, this is the best recruit you could find to go take out the loser club? Well, the idea here is that Pennywise has been defeated once by the losers club. Right. And he knows, well, he, she, it knows that... It may not be able to win again. It may lose again. So it's like, I don't know. I, I got to have insurance. So yeah. the idea here is if... I need an ace in the hole. I can only... Basically, as... This old through, senile person. <laughs> through the ghost of Belch Huggins, which is who recruits Henry in the asylum, basically. It's, you know, it's Pennywise, but disguised as the ghost of Belch, Henry's old oh, friend. Yeah. You know, he says... Wait, I thought he was recruited by the moon. I can only, he's like, I can only, I can defeat them if they half believe or if they believe, but you can kill them if they half believe, fully believe or don't believe at all. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're a human. Yeah. It's like, you're just a guy with a knife that I'm going to give you. Yeah. And I can get you out of here and you're going to go there. And of course, just, you know, pretty much fails miserably. <laughs> I mean, he does injure Mike, so Mike isn't able to go on the final, you know, adventure back down to the sewers. Yeah, but he's, like, laying on top of him after he's, like, stabbed him and they're wrestling on the ground. Oh, I know. And it is whenever a poor showing by Mike. Ben and Eddie show up and they pull Henry off of him, somehow he ends up stabbing himself in the, <laughs> in the heart and dies yeah, immediately. Awful. Which I do love about this, though, that... The discussion around leaving the dead body in the hotel room. They're just like, yeah, we'll just leave it here. Yeah. It's not a big deal. We'll just turn the TV on and put the do not disturb sign on the door. It's not like they would have a record of who rented this room or... You know, <laughs> they have all their credit cards. <laughs> yeah, you get hit with like a huge credit card charge <laughs> for <laughs> disposal of a dead body. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other part... I mean, now we're like backtracking big time. But the other part, I guess, which is worth bringing up is when they're in the library and Stan's severed head makes an appearance in the oh, yeah. mini refrigerator and begins to basically roast each member <laughs> of the Losers Club, <laughs> basically outing them in a way. Because to this point, you know, Bev has lied about Tom oh, yeah. and acted like he's this great guy. And Eddie has referenced... You know, having a girlfriend. Having a girlfriend, which... No one was buying. <laughs> yeah. They were just kind of politely looking away. Yeah. And, you know, all of these different things, and he's kind of, you know, it threw Pennywise, obviously, but it's Stan's head. But the weird part about this, for me, is that it's Stan's head as an adult, and none of them knew Stan as an adult. So right. it's like, who's this guy with a mustache? And why does he look so much older than the rest of us? <laughs> 
I do feel like Stan looks pretty old. Yeah, Stan's not as old as Henry Bowers, but <laughs> Stan really made some interesting choices with his life, which we didn't really get into. And in that part mustache, one. yeah, the mustache. It's like, what are you doing? That is dude? a thick mustache. Well, it's look. It looks like you know, if maybe Ben got skinny, Ben gave all of his weight to Stan because <laughs> Stan wasn't really looking thin. Yeah, anyway, wasn't winning any uh, fitness awards in the Boy Scouts. It's kind of just an interesting thing because I think the idea would really be to have the child version of Stan talking to them because that's the Stan they well, remember. Well, they weren't going there. But yeah, I mean, for the ABC miniseries, I don't think you're going to have a severed Decapitated child's head. head <laughs> talking. Of a kid. Um, I'm trying to think of who is that from uh, America's Most Wanted. Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. We're making John Walsh jokes Well, now. Adam Walsh, really. So, I don't know, There's, but there's also something about that scene which, uh, you know, if they decide to include that in, in the sequel to the new one, uh, where you could potentially have, like, a, um exorcist kind of vibe, you know, where oh, yeah. she just is saying, like, real fucked up shit, and, like... God, how stunning is that when you hear some of the stuff in the exorcist for and the first and that's actually time. kind of mimicked a little bit in stephen king in a different stephen king novel which they didn't really do in the movie version of which was pet cemetery oh yeah when um the little kid comes back from oh, the right. dead he starts saying like fucked up oh, shit okay. to uh judd boy how great does that little kid look in uh the pet cemetery movie when he comes back and he's he looks pretty normal. Okay. What do you mean? Like all the parts in Pet Cemetery when he's like the undead child or whatever trying to kill his parents. Uh-huh. I, you don't remember that looking not great? Well, he looks just like a kid. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. What I'm talking mean. about the effects in the movie. You mean like when he's like doing violent things? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean it's not particularly threatening looking because it's a little kid like holding a scalpel but i mean you know what are you gonna do yeah what are you gonna do he sneaks up all right he sneak it's a fair point (laughs) he snick he hide (laughs) under bed (laughs) yeah don't you dare disparage pet cemetery any bad word about pet cemetery (laughs) that's like one of my favorites um (laughs) that road you don't want to go down that road sometimes dead is better (laughs) but like okay so I'm just seeing some potential for an R-rated version of Stanley's head roasting. Right. But it's like, with the way that they've done this remake, it's kind of a weird split because Stan, if, if and I'm, this is a big if, if they actually make Stan kill himself, which I'm not even convinced they'll do, that wow. would have to happen in the same movie where like later on, you know what I mean? It's just weird because that happens in like, the first half of the miniseries, and then like that comes back towards like the end of the second yep, half, yep. where it's like this is all gonna you're gonna have to like develop like Stan as a character getting called, and then I don't know, it just it seems like a lot. I will say, and I, I do think you uh, spoke to this in the first part, but it they really did do a good job with the way they laid this out for the miniseries. Yeah, I think it it actually makes more sense to do it like this because the only thing I disagree with. The opening, well, not yeah, being yeah, yeah. I, I, I think like they could have recut it differently so that the 
like the build up to defeating Pennywise the first time can't, comes like right before they defeat him for the second time. That's true. To build up to like climaxes, especially to both because versions. because the second half you needed has more almost kids. nothing. You yeah. needed more kids in the second half. The first, the second half is just a shit show. The second half is just awful because you're also gonna want to like leave you because if you if you have the first defeat of pennywise up against that second disastrous one at least you'll be like well that was triumphant when they beat the clown the first time remember because the second time is not triumphant at all (laughs) yeah oh man yeah that's true which we got to get to that the first part is great the first battle with it is unbelievable the this is battery acid you slime so good that second one the fact that you don't even see it in clown form well it just appears to them but like in a hazy vision like above them where he's like talking Uh uh-huh and that's like it and then they kind of have they run through some of the same old trickery bullshit where like georgie's there Although I don't even yep. remember if Georgie was there like the first time, but this time it has or Pennywise has captured Audra, who like an idiot has shown up to Derry and oh, accomplished yeah. nothing oh, other I than like getting captured it, immediately. It is able to get her no problem. Right. All this work he's always trying to do to take down the Losers Club. Well, the Losers Club is strong. The unity. Well, they're just. They're 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 just they're just the special chosen one, so they have you know they have like I don't know it's just some kind of special aura about them that he's just unable to. I keep referring to Pennywise as he, but you know that's just because Tim Curry's playing the clown. True. Um, now I will say the trap that he sets for Audra outside of Dairy, right? We're kind of led to believe she's not quite. Today. Yeah, well, is it even a real gas station? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's who knows. Yeah, it who seems knows like what's going on there. it's part. Well, he the the gas station attendant who really is Pennywise does say that it's just another five hundred yards, but that could have been a lie. They could true. It could have been. Plus, I don't think there's any like stated thing that Pennywise is you know like limited to. Yeah, it's clear that it can't go all over town the limits. world, but yeah. it may not. Whatever its limits are, may not match up exactly with that. Right. I don't know. So it's not like a zoning <laughs> permit or something. So yeah, I mean, they all head back down into the sewer the same way they went in when they were kids. They kind of enter that little area where they fought Pennywise the first time, but they know now because of what happened the last time and how. Pennywise was able to come back that they're going to have to go farther into the depths underneath the city to find the true form of this it this monster because I guess there's a sense and I don't know if they do the greatest job in getting this idea across in the miniseries but I think you're supposed to kind of grasp that the characters all sense that there's some kind of form beyond the clown Okay. The clown is just the form that it most often takes, and they that's the one it kind of uses to get up into the city and all that stuff. But yeah. there's something behind the clown. There's some originating thing that they don't know what it is. And right. so they're like, we have to go destroy that. Well, there's been talk of the deadlights. Not really sure what that 
really means, but <laughs> yeah, it's just some kind of uh, weapon that the it creature has, I gotcha. guess, to paralyze, like to hypnotize, whatever. Right. Um. So this so they spider kind of, is the true form. Yeah. Okay. So they kind of um they go a little farther. It doesn't really spend a whole lot of time on a trek from that room where they were in in part one. They right. just all of a sudden go around a corner, and then there's, like, this little door with a bunch of, like, oh, skulls yeah, and being stuff. being John Malkovich door. And it's like, what is this door? And they go in there, and it's basically this gigantic lair kind of cut, cut into rock. Like, it's, like, a big rocky cave with spider webs with dead bodies in them. But Bane also and his mercenaries hanging around. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it, I mean, pretty quickly, like, Bill is freaking out about Audrey. He's really making a fool of himself down there in the sewers, oh, just I carrying know. on. But he runs up to try to free Audrey from this spider web. And then Bill, just an awful leader, really. No patience, no wisdom. Well, they wisdom. took one look at that ponytail, and they were like, what have you been doing in these 30 years? Who yeah, do you think gonna, you are? <laughs> you're going to get demoted. <laughs> so... It's basically now. Granted, when he was a kid, he would yell "Hi ho, silver!" away on his bicycle <laughs> like a complete fool. <laughs> he was cool though. Yeah, cool-ish. <laughs> so it's just Eddie, Richie, Bev, and Bill, right? Correct. And Ben. Oh, five. And ben. Yeah, there's five left. So up from behind some kind of rocky whatever comes this giant. <laughs> spider that just looks like straight garbage yeah i mean the rest of this is terrible tommy lee wallace uh talking to his prop guy he's like this is the best we can do and they're like well we spent too much money on john ritter so this is what we have (laughs) yeah i mean and he's like all right i can make this work i'm an artist i don't know if you ever saw the end of halloween (laughs) three but the effects are going to be on that level there's really nothing we can really say about the next ten minutes of the film. I mean, it's <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty much just a next, just another level of awful. Yeah. I mean, there's just the spider looks terrible. It clearly is not really being filmed with the actors very much because yeah. it's the size of it is misleading. It's moving around like so slow too. Yeah. It's and it's kind of awkward and. Obviously, the one thing about it that makes it creepy is, like, him talking. He's always, like, kind of taunting them and, like, swearing and talking shit. But, like, this, they, and I mean, maybe you disagree with this, but doesn't it seem like they're kind of moving the uh, spider around as if it's, like, reacting to things at times? You know what I mean? Kind of. Like, I don't know. It kind of moves around in a weird way. Yeah, there's nothing about the spider that screams living thing yeah it just seems like a metal plastic mechanical thing right just is terrible and eventually you know eddie tries to fight it the same way he fought the clown with his aspirator claiming it's battery acid and he just gets killed immediately oh yeah just a bad showing by eddie as you said when we were watching it it's like well, what did he die from <laughs> did he die from embarrassment for how <laughs> terrible that decision was yeah that's true though because it's like he doesn't really take that hard of a hit he just gets like picked up and squeezed I yeah guess. and i mean he gets dropped but 
not particularly hard or, no. it, or far, really. And he just kind of, the life just kind of slips out of him. Right. <laughs> and so Bev is able to use the slingshot and shoot the silver into the deadlights. After a couple of misses, though. Yeah, she misses. Tw- well, she misses once completely. Then a second time hits it in the head, which has no effect. Right. Because, it, like I said, there's nothing. That doesn't even help the case because it, it doesn't seem like flesh of a of a living thing it I just seems really like a hard it, plastic exterior what are, why are the old uh the old tricks not working anymore is it because they don't really believe well once she shoots it into the deadlights it works it's i just, know the he- that head is just a big plastic nothing right <laughs> just, i i understand but they shouldn't have really been able to do damage to the clown but they did well, maybe the maybe when it's in those kind of forms, it's more vulnerable. That's true. I don't know all the I don't I don't know all the rules. I don't think anybody does. Okay. Not even Stephen King himself. That's true. And so once it once she shoots the silver and just some terrible explosions. It looks like fireworks. It looks like the it looks background like out of, of like, like flash dance or something or just like ironworks like sparking off it's so bad like from like the original power rangers tv series worse yeah (laughs) way worse (laughs) and then the spider just starts to retreat and they're like fuck that we're not letting it retreat yeah get him (laughs) they follow him into a little lair yeah like a little like wherever i guess it sleeps for 30 years and they knock it over just at this point just the four of them now that eddie's passed (laughs) and uh, (laughs) And they push it over to its side because I guess we're supposed to assume that it's severely weakened and injured by this silver or whatever. And they push it over and just rip its heart out and hold it up in the air. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what happens. That's the end. Um, (laughs) Now, I will say every time we've watched this and we get to the end, it is like hard to watch how bad it is. But. With all the time that passes, I always look back fondly on this whole experience. Oh, yeah. I I love watching it. I think regardless of, you know, what happens with these remakes and, and anything, I think that this miniseries will continue to be a part of my life from time to time. It's just... That's nice. I mean, obviously, you carry the nostalgia of... I, I mean, I, I've seen this so many times, starting from when I was so young and... I don't know. There's something very charming about it. And for me, and I guess we can get into... Is it the relationship between Bev and her father? (laughs) Bev is like the kind of girl that I'm looking for. One that (laughs) has had, you know, the kind of... A checkered past, we'll say. (laughs) One who's already familiar with the type of relationship that I'd like to have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but I mean... I guess this can kind of, I guess, lead into our um, take on the, the our official review and take on the remake. And so I know we've kind of already been talking about the remake, but this is a final warning that we're going to, all bets are off on talking about things that happen in the remake as far as spoilers go. Right. So for me, and this is after careful consideration, because I would say that my initial impression of the remake was pretty positive at first and so i would say that after re-watching this miniseries now for this podcast i would say that for me that 
the definitive version of it as far as, you know, beyond the novel is still the miniseries for me. I think it does a better job in a lot of ways. It doesn't have the special effects or the budget of the new movie, and it it's kind of lacking the ability to go into some of that R-rated territory, but... I would say that the that you know the characters more captures more of the essence of the novel. Yeah, and I, I mean there are things about the remake that they changed that I like and that I feel like makes sense and I don't have a problem with. So it's not necessarily just because they you know made it set in 1989 rather than you know 1958 for the kids and all that stuff. But I think if you could combine the best elements of the remake with the miniseries that would be the best because a lot of the things that are weak in the miniseries the new one does well right but overall there there was far too much emphasis on just trying to get jump scares and scare sequences oh, one after true, another yeah. and i'll say this too i mean you know i don't want to hit on every single thing from the remake but the the couple things that really stood out to me that were disappointing a i love that part where they battle it as kids in the miniseries um the idea that it's this you know inhaler with the quote-unquote battery acid and the silver actually like destroying him because they believe it the like Kind of the magic behind that. I I like that and I enjoy it so much. But then in this new movie, their confrontation from it was much more of just physical level. You know what I right. mean? Like they're just hitting him with like a baseball bat until he dies. To go along with what you're saying, I want to read a little bit of the dedication of the novel It, oh. which Stephen King dedicated to his three kids. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he says... The last part of his kids fiction is the truth inside the lie and the truth of this fiction is simple enough. The magic exists. So think about that in relation to how they de- defeat Pennywise in the miniseries right. versus how they defeat him in the remake. I think if I was going to look for one word to describe what is missing from the remake, I would say magic. Yeah. Like and it's not cheesy like stupid magic it's it's more the power of belief and so using the silver to defeat the monster is what they believe because that's what they've learned from like movies and stuff Mm -hmm. and like the whole traditional werewolf stuff and the aspirator actually working like acid on pennywise's face is just because he believes it in that moment that it's gonna work and it does and there's nothing like that in this remake. I, yeah, they exactly. use like weapons and tire irons and just beat the shit out. I know, of the and I thought and that part like, was well, like so could... lame. So when you when you think about how the prospects, what for... I almost wonder too if they think like that would be lost on like a modern young audience. Like maybe a modern young audience would think the part that we think if they played it more like that, people would be like, what? He sprays him with his inhaler. I don't know, but I think if you do a good enough job building it up and conveying think, it, yeah, that's I think where people it lies. Buy anything, but that's like, true. that's a good point. I think I think partially what you're saying is true that like with studio notes and with 
just rewrites and rewrites and like overthinking. That's probably the conclusion they came to. And also they spent way too much time on other stuff that they couldn't have properly built that to make sense. In this in that version, True. in the 2017 version, it would not have they could they just didn't have time. The movie's already two hours and fifteen minutes and they dedicated zero time to it. So that would mean they would have had to have taken out other parts and they seem they seemingly were happy with one scare sequence after another. Just one on top of another over and over and over. Yeah, that was overdone a bit. And it was and it lacked like kind of the ambiance of True. Yeah, they're like learning about the, the town, feeling the town, feeling of the world. Yeah, I. It's weird. Like there are certain shots in this miniseries version where I'm like, oh wow, that what part of Derry is that? Like, oh yeah, where I'm thinking like that's strange. I don't recognize because I feel like I know the town, and so if there's a shot that doesn't line up with that, I'm actually thrown by it. Whereas in the remake. You have zero sense, and so any shot is weird or 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 not weird, depending on how you feel about it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like oh, I do, yeah. For the 99 percent of the miniseries, I feel like I understand the town. So when there is like a weird shot of something that I don't recognize, I'm like, well, what what is this? Whereas in the new one, there's no shots like that because I I don't have any take on the town at all. So any shot would make sense. Like it just could be anywhere, and so it's kind of just it kind of lacks that like oh just feeling of knowing these characters and this town and everything about it and just and there's certain points in it where it's hard to differentiate one character from another they all kind of are the same that's true too and my next complaint henry bowers disappointing i guess death what you're supposed to assume is his death but it's like they have this whole build with him and he kind of is taken out of the picture I I liked how they included Pennywise sending him the knife yeah, in the mailbox. Right. That's straight out of the novel and how he kills his dad. And that's also from the novel. And that stuff's not in the miniseries. So the, for a second, you're like, wow, they're really building him up more of a threat than in the original or in the miniseries. Yep. But then he basically shows up alone to confront the kids when they're going into... And they defeat him pretty easily. Mike, yeah, Mike handles him basically by himself. Right, true, yeah. Just throws him into the well or whatever. Yeah, and it's just, that's more of an issue for me in how they're going to set up things in part two because I feel like... Now, you don't actually see him die. Maybe, what I'm thinking is maybe they'll bring him back as still as a kid, and but he'll be like an undead ghost kind of thing, kind of like how they did with belch in the right miniseries but i don't know but it just seems weird because the whole plot in part two which we just talked about of him being at the juniper hill asylum and him you know having pennywise break him maybe out. they and the felt whole like they speech, had enough content yeah i mean that's true but it just i feel like that's a that's a pretty important i agree thread, and it, i mean not. he got a lot of screen time in the movie so it felt like there was a build going on there and then you're just like oh that was it that was his the other thing that kind of bothered me about the remake and we talked about this when we were leaving the theater the first time seeing it which was the ambiguity about whether or not the kids that pennywise killed were actually dead i think we both and i've seen the film twice now and i'm still not a hundred percent sure oh okay i thought that it was that they were dead 
but I was just like I do nervous. That I think that too, but I get nervous. I got nervous again watching it, and yet at I the know. end, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna look for like a hundred percent confirmation think- that they're dead, and yeah. then they don't actually ever because we were experiencing this feeling simultaneously of the kids starting to kind of being brought down from yeah it's very similar to this part two of the miniseries where instead of a spider web they're kind of in a spiraling floating yeah thing and it almost feels like it's about to be implied that because they defeat this thing that these kids are going to be alive yeah which would have just been horrible i yeah i mean it would have been an f minus for me of a film that would have been just a complete waste of time right just but removing I still all kind of, creep factor. There's still a little bit of nerves with me that like that they left it ambiguous just well, in case what's people weird were like. Is because they kind of show Bev floating, right? Like, yeah. so she has this whole thing happen, and she's like uh, elevated up and floating, not to the level of these other ones. But you're just like, okay, well, if she's gonna be okay, then are all these other people that were floating gonna well, be? Here's okay? the difference. And this is juxtaposing the novel, the miniseries, and the new one. If you kind of just mix them all together. Take that. I'm going to interpret that as like those weren't necessarily all bodies, that some of it was like souls. Because they f- in the book and in the miniseries, they find most of the, not most, but some of the bodies. Like yeah, yeah. the kids are dead or mutilated or ripped apart or whatever. Right, and not everyone's gone up. missing. Like George, in the new movie, he go he goes into the sewer and they can't find his body, and that's actually kind of like a plot point. Oh yeah. Whereas, do they find his arm? I don't know, but he's buried in the miniseries and in the book. Like, yeah, that's true. There's an actual body. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they were going for with that. I don't know why they would even open that window of ambiguity there to throw people off i i don't know i don't know it's weird that like i would have been losing my mind if those kids were going to be alive though it's a weird position to be on to be like the kids must the the kids must be dead henry bauer should be saying the n-word i don't understand (laughs) this (laughs) but that's kind of the position that that the remake is forcing me to take which is like that's true there's not enough extremes you are being forced yeah I, i just think that if they were going to have the guts to do the R-rated movie, which they did, because there was, I mean, this you know remake has been in the works for so many years. Oh, yeah. I, 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 there was definitely a time when I first heard about this where I was like, God, I hope this isn't a PG-13 piece of shit kind of thing. So they went for the R, and then I just think if you're going to do that, then why not you know, go full tilt? I don't know. Without I, getting into uh, too much detail, I would have been... And not for, you know, reasons that we've talked about before, but I would have been interesting interested in seeing the Carrie Fukun. I would be interested in seeing it for reasons that we've been over before. <laughs> I think that's an interesting <laughs> film to make. Yeah, I mean I think that would have sparked some debate for sure. Certainly some controversy. Yeah, I mean, okay, so in the novel and in Carrie Fukunaga's original script, he was including some his his version, I would have to imagine, would have been at least three films. I mean, oh, I yeah. think the original well, plan was always two, but I can't imagine how he was going to get all of this stuff into just two unless a lot of what we saw in this version that actually came out wouldn't have been in, in it. I don't know, but there's a scene 
in the novel that he wanted to include, which was like Bev goes down to um, the dump, which is a place where the kids like would steal stuff to, you know, use in their just different trashy kids games or, or whatever. And she kind of comes across Henry and his gang of bullies, and at one point they're like, you know pulling their pants down to light farts on fire with their bare ass and she sees their dicks and Keith all this stuff and <laughs> and uh eventually it's just um Henry and a boy named Patrick Hockstetter who is in the 2017 remake um and ends up on the missing poster at one point that a bizarrely dressed Asian woman is hanging in the oh, movie. Oh, okay. He's the bully that goes into that Oh, the sewer tube. at yeah. one point, and then the dead kids are there. Right. And then the clown. I don't know why they decided to call, call him Patrick Hockstetter versus any of the other bullies' names that get used. There is a okay. fat kid bully that burps a lot that I guess you're supposed to take as Belch. But yeah. Anyway, they kind of turned Belch into like a redneck hick-looking character. He's got like a John Deere hat kind of thing or something. I don't know. Anyway, so Henry and Patrick end up like with their pants off, like jerking each other off or blowing each other or something. And Bev is kind of hiding and watching this. And she's like both kind of amused by this, but also frightened because she, I think she understands that if she were to be caught seeing them do this, they would probably kill her out of, you know, fear. Yeah. Some interesting childhoods. And then, yeah. So we talked a little bit about the scene in which Bev goes to her, uh, childhood home as an adult and she encounters pennywise disguised as mrs kirsch oh yeah and who then becomes her father and it's kind of this horrible scene well as i mentioned in part one i've been listening to the audiobook read by stephen weber oh and from I, wings i came which should always be pointed out i uh i just made it to that part today of all days and was he doing in a affected old lady voice oh there are yeah he does voices they're not too dramatic like they're not so insane where it right. takes you out of it but he does change his voice a little bit he's actually really good at doing it um i'd like to hear other books read by him okay if I'm being honest but the um steven weber collection i think i read you this part before <laughs> that's right zach just reads to me <laughs> well once i read this paragraph i think oh yeah <laughs> so i mean if you're easily offended Shut it off. This is like straight from the novel. I wanted to just give everyone a little taste of the source material, though, for this. <laughs> and why the miniseries in the new movie just aren't dark enough no. for Zach. So once the clown morphs into her father, she turned swirls of red hair floating around her face to see her father staggering toward her down the hallway, wearing the witch's black dress and skull cameo. Her father's face hung with doughy, runny, running flesh, his eyes as black as obsidian, his hands clenching and unclenching, his mouth grinning with soupy fervor. I beat you because I wanted to fuck you, Bevy. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to fuck you. I wanted to eat you. I wanted to eat your pussy. I wanted to suck your clit up between my teeth. Yum, yum, Bevy. Ooh, yummy in my tummy. I wanted to put you in the cage and get the oven hot and feel your cunt, your plump cunt. And when it was plump enough to eat, to eat, eat. <laughs> this book is dedicated to his kids? <laughs> 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 
So that's like a little a little bit of the oh boy dark heart. But in all fairness, that is Pennywise though. That's not actually her father. Well, in that yeah. Moment. But I mean, yeah, this book is no joke. I no, think people see this miniseries, they see Tim Curry dressed as the clown, they see the ridiculous spider, and they think, like, oh, this is just like a goofy, silly, campy thing. But I mean, it is, like, fucked up. Yeah, I would say. And none, none, no part more fucked up than, of course, when the kids are trying to work their way out of the sewers after defeating pennywise the first time which is something that's not really addressed in the miniseries at all um well i mean you alluded to it kind of not really addressed (laughs) by anyone ever well yeah it's always i was trying to explain uh i think it was actually around the fall of last year uh to two people about the whole carrie fukunagi wanting to include this scene like to people who hadn't read the book and how this movie was coming out, I've and ha- I it's kind of hard to like have that conversation <laughs> with people. Yeah, well, this is I would definitely say that people of a certain it only elicits like open mouths and like what I would I would certainly say that as we've changed as a culture and people of a certain mindset, people of a certain age, I think would find this very problematic and disturbing well, in a lot of ways. It's just weird because this book has like so much acclaim and it's just known, you know, for being such a great novel, but I I don't know, like I had never heard that before until I remember in high school experiences where I the, I don't even want to get into like who was telling who because the relationships are so bizarre to oh, even no. try to explain. But just someone was telling someone, someone else's mother who had like read the book before about this scene. Oh, wow. And she didn't even believe it. I think people who have read this book don't fully understand and remember. It's kind of like they've experienced their own version of Pennywise and they forget (laughs) this because it's so weird. And I've even listened. Kind of just a. Brave I've, choice. I've listened to... Well, bold. there was a lot of cocaine going on. Yeah. I think um, there was... A, I've listened to Stephen King's centric podcasts where they break this whole novel down over multiple episodes, like five, six episodes. And they when they get to this, they spend so much time talking about how unsettling and terrible oh, really? it okay, is. And yeah. they don't like it. And it's just weird. So no one can really I mean, I wish... I, I, I meant to, to get... Uh, I think Stephen King on a message board on his own website addressed this um, fairly recently, not within the last year, but within probably the last five or ten years, talked about this scene specifically and people's reactions I'm glad to we're it. at the point in our lives where ten years ago is recent. I don't know if ten, well, whatever. <laughs> I, I probably was within the last three to five years, but I, I can't remember what it was. And I wish I had that statement in front of me because I'd like to include that as part of the discussion, but... Do you know how much time we have left? No. Okay. But um, I think we're still good. Okay. So they're in the well, or they're in the sewer. They can't get out, and they don't know what to do, and things have kind of gone awry because they've defeated Pennywise, but now they're lost. And this is when they're kids in the summer of 1958. I have an idea, Beverly said quietly. 
In the dark, Bill heard a sound he could not immediately place, a whispery little sound, but not scary. Then there was a more easily placed sound, a zipper. What? He thought, and then he realized what. She was undressing. For some reason, Beverly was undressing. What are you doing? Richie asked. His his shocked voice cracked on the last word. I know something, Beverly said in the dark, and to Bill her voice sounded older. I know because my father told me. I know how to bring us back together, and if we're not together, we'll never get out. What? Ben asked, sounding bewildered and terrified. What are you talking about? Something that will bring us together forever. Something that will... No, Beverly, Bill said suddenly, understanding, understanding everything. And that will show that I love you all, Beverly said, that you're all my friends. What she taught, Mike began. Calmly, Beverly cut across his words. Who's first, she asked. (laughs) This goes on. Well, then it cuts back into like 1985. Stephen Weber-esque, by the way. No, I I decided to like really limit the stuttering there. I, I started it, and then I was like, I shouldn't even attempt a stuttering voice. Eddie comes to her first because he is the most frightened. He comes to her not as her friend of that summer or as her brief lover now, but the way he would have come to his mother only three or four di- three or four years ago to be comforted. He doesn't draw back from her smooth nakedness, and at first she doubts if he even feels it. He is trembling, and although she holds. Him, the darkness is so perfect that even this close she cannot see him, except for the rough cast, he might as well be a phantom. What do you want, he asks her. You have to put your thing in me, she says. All right, we don't need to read this on. Yeah, it, please, it, this it, is It goes on <laughs> from there, and she basically fucks each of them one at a time. Does it go on in detail for each person? No, I mean, it, I mean she... I mean, can I even say? I mean, she orgasms... At least twice, but it describes it a little bit. Oh no! <laughs> I don't. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't handle it. Yeah. So obviously, I think with the new 2017 remake, this is this scene. They is, didn't quite go there. No, but this, which is funny because we were talking about the Fukunaga script, which rumored. To have included this. Oh, yeah. Rumored. That's the story. I still don't necessarily know if that's 100% confirmed, although I have read it multiple places that it it was, but I've never seen it like some official story citing a source that, you know, like actually saying that that was included. The rumor around it was that he refused to stay on as director because the studio wouldn't let him include that scene. I I think, well, as a bigger part of they weren't, down with his entire right idea like his whole vision but that would probably be like a big a part piece of it, of it. yeah <laughs> i mean imagine those conversations he's like flipping a out gangbang <laughs> he's flipping out in like some room full of like loaded hollywood execs and like fighting to keep this scene and they're like what are you talking about <laughs> it's like we it's like not only would this you know, berated NC-17. This would be illegal. <laughs> like, I, I just... I don't even know how you would get around this, this scene. This art, damn it! <laughs> I guess, like, in the movie Kids, they have, like, those, like, kids fucking at the beginning, but, like... That's unsettling, too. Mostly because of the way that kid talks. <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, I think the reason I wanted to bring up a couple of these parts was to kind of illustrate, you know, what a crazy creep you are. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted. I think everyone might know that. Yeah, now they really know. Well, you declared. You I th- didn't write it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you you're like. I'm a fanboy of this the way people are fanboys for Star Wars. <laughs> no, even I think I, you know the first time I read this book was I was probably like 13 or something and I will say that probably after the first time I read it I probably had a similar experience to the one I described that person's mother having which is I oh, yeah. probably didn't really remember it right. because it was it's one of those things that kind of well in a book that's roughly eight billion pages right it's it is just kind of i I, it's it's just another thing it is kind of bizarre that the that stephen king's editor wasn't like steve hey buddy can we maybe not have that in there everything's great i'm even okay with the bullies blowing each other because Boys will be boys, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, come on, who hasn't dabbled? You know, a tw- a twelve year old girl taking six other six guys in a sewer. I don't know. I don't know if we need to have that in there. It feels like we <laughs> open ourselves up to some criticism and some weird looks. But I mean, I mean, I don't think in all. I mean, it, putting all the cards out on the table, I don't think that. Stephen King regrets it based on whatever his statement was. I mean, he was basically like in a book where lots of children are murdered, people find the sexual thing to well, get upset true. about yeah. and whatnot. And, you know, he just, he doesn't see, he said, I think it was along the lines of he doesn't really see it as like a sexual thing, that it was more about like love and friendship and this connection that they needed to have or something. I don't know. It was some ridiculous statement that of course, you know, doesn't make sense. (laughs) But I think like, you know, under the umbrella of fiction, you can kind of, you know, mess around with things that are, I do think, and this is kind of a larger statement that doesn't necessarily just stick with it. But I do think people get too wrapped up in things that happen in, movies books whatever tv shows and then you know get outraged about things as if it's well that's real. true yeah and it's like well it's not real whatever is happening isn't you or this person doesn't represent all women or this person doesn't represent all whatever this is just a character in a thing that's acting in a certain way it, i don't know people get like really I, fired yeah, up yeah. about i certainly stuff. agree with that and so these are fictional people i think this one in particular just kind of stands out. Oh, th- I'm not yeah. saying that this is easy yeah. to take. This is this is a tough pill to swallow. But yeah. I, but I am saying it's like, you know, I don't. I'm definitely anti censorship when it comes to things. And so if if people want to write books about kids having sex, then whatever. I mean, it's not really something that I would want to read. All it the obviously time. didn't stop this book from selling. You know, however many copies yeah, I mean, this over is, however many years. This says number one bestseller on the top. Yeah. This was, uh, yeah, I mean, this was, this has probably sold 30 million hit. copies. Right. I mean, it's the biggest thing ever at one point. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm sure it's selling lots more. Oh, yeah. And people are, <laughs> and there's a whole new generation of people like Being like, what? <laughs> that scene and being like, what the fuck? This is in the book? <laughs> They're like, I don't remember that part from the movie. Um, 
We should probably wrap it up, huh? I mean... Yeah, so this has been our kickoff for the greatest October in the history of forever. Over the these two parts, I feel like you got a little bit of everything. A little yeah. of everything we have to offer. Boring analysis. <laughs> well, not even analysis recap. <laughs> Bad jokes. Just disturbing readings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but what about the one with her dad talking about... No, I mean, that was good, obviously. <laughs> yeah, notice how we buried the readings way down in part two oh, towards yeah, the yeah. end. We, we really want to... Hoping we lost some people. <laughs> yeah, I'd be surprised if people could even make it through part one. Yeah, oh, me too, yeah. <laughs> people were, people see again. that the part two is coming and they're like, really? They're going through with this? Part two? Yeah, well. Alright, so, yeah. So stay tuned for more uh, of The Greatest October. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at GreatestPod. And um, we'll get back to those listener requests after we're done doing this bullshit. And um, thanks for listening. Anything else, Matt? Nope. Alright, we'll see you next time. She Richie. Beep, beep, Richie. I didn't hear that. I didn't. I beg your pardon. Come on up, Richie. I got a balloon for you. <laughs> Don't you want a balloon? <laughs>
what's the matter? One balloon, not enough. Try on! Yes. <laughs> Is everything all right? Yes. Last chance, Tasha. Get out before it gets dark tonight. You're too old to stop me. You're all too old. Mike Hammond, if you see. Excuse me, sir. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? You do. Well, you better let the poor guy out. Better catch it before it runs away! <laughs> 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 